Welcome to The Dwelling Place, where three friends talk about approachable home design and our never-ending search for the perfect rug. So whether you're doing laundry or the dishes, join us in a conversation about making our home a beautiful dwelling place. In this episode, we're giving an overview of some common design styles as well as some tips for making them your own. We're answering a listener's question about choosing flooring, and of course, we'll end with some things we're loving in our Pillow Talk segment. So it's been a while, but we're going to share some highs and lows, but an update. This is our first Zoom podcast, so if the audio sounds a little bit differently, we are all in our own homes right now. Kimmy, you want to kick us off? Yeah, it's just real life when we're busy moms and we need to be in our own home. So hopefully it doesn't sound bad. I feel like I keep saying that, but <laughs> we will work out all the kinks. My high, so everyone's going to laugh at me, but it's about the whole interior sconce situation. <laughs> and these girls kind of know a little bit about it because I Marco Poloed you this morning in desperation, wanting to know if you thought my idea was good. So I'll explain it to the listeners. Basically, what I've decided is I don't think I'm going to do the interior sconce anymore in my living room. I don't know. I felt like it was like a too permanent kind of thing that would like I could change it, but then I would have to like cover the electrical. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I just Mm -hmm. it was too permanent and I wasn't like in love with it. So I had this whole different idea of rearranging the lamps and the floor lamp. And I moved the floor lamp all the way to the other side in front of my built in. And then, well, it's like not totally in front of it. It is blocking a little bit of it, which Ryan doesn't love, but he doesn't hate it. (laughs) But then I added a lamp, a table lamp to the side table in that little corner where I was going to put the interior sconce on that wall. And I just really am loving, like even tonight, you know, Chris loves Julia calls it lamp (laughs) o'clock. (laughs) when it's like seven at night and you go around and you turn all all your lamps like when I did that tonight it was just really cool and I was like oh I love all these lamps in here because now I have one on the one side table and then one on the other side table end table near my sofa and then the floor lamp and so they're all on right now and they look really good so my high is that I'm not going with interior sconce and instead I really like this whole situation because there's hidden cords and you don't see any cords, which was my whole problem. And I think it's really going to work. So we'll see if I keep it this way, (laughs) but I'm really liking it. So that's my high. And then the low is something totally unrelated. It's just this massive leaking problem in our basement, which Ryan actually referred to in our little special episode where the guys talked we had a Mason guy come because I don't, I won't even go into the whole saga of the basement leaking, but it, it has been going on since Jude was born and he's 19 months now. So it's like been a long time and we've had so many different contractors and, you know, different people who work plumbers, all these things. Like we've had people over and nobody can figure it out. Finally, a Mason guy came and he thinks he knows what the problem is but he said he can't fix it and he thinks a plumber could. So now we have a plumber coming next week and he over the phone talked to Ryan and was like, I think I can fix it. So we're just hoping that we don't have to, it's like has to do with the sewage line. 
which is disgusting oh. and it's like potentially broken inside the foundation <sighs> so he says he can fix it from inside but which i'm hoping because if he has to fix it from outside it's right under our new deck no <gasps> yeah it's crazy so i don't know i'm hoping that he can fix it from the inside it's just it's a mess so anyways that's fun it's just all about homeowning you girls know yeah mm-hmm. I mean, you guys have been dealing with this for a long time. Yeah. Every time it seems like it, you guys think it's fixed, it starts up again. Exactly. We had um, people come and fix the line outside that's connected to the line inside, you know, and it was broken out there, but, and they fixed that, but now it's still leaking. And so it's just a headache. I should have started with my low and then went into the high so we could all be happy yeah. about my life. <laughs> Well, now Brie can share her high. Yeah. Lifts us back up again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so my high this week, girls, is I got the numbers that I ordered from Etsy and put them on my mailbox. I had my youngest kid strapped to my back and I'm like drilling holes in the the post. And (laughs) it was really, really fun though. But they look so good. So we're going to put a link to them because... I'm very happy with these numbers. And I didn't realize when I got them, they have a spacer in the back. So it looks like they're floating. I didn't know that when I bought them, I thought they were more flush. So I was so thrilled <laughs> that they came with these spacers Yeah, uh, and they look so good on the post. But my low is over the past winter, we have a three-story house and the pitch of our roof with last year's winter was not agreeable, especially with the temperature fluctuating a lot. So we had massive chunks of ice sliding off our roof. In one of those times, a huge chunk went and crashed through the roof below, which covers our walkway that goes down to our basement. Uh So we had a hole, like an eight inch hole in there. So my husband was able to fix it and then it started raining. (laughs) We were able to patch it. But thankfully, they, the tar, I think, has sealed enough. It's kind of like a high-low, high-low. Yeah. Yeah. But we have it patched, and hopefully it will work, and there's no leaking issues for winter. Yeah. So. I hope so. Me too. Because <laughs> that would be a bummer, because then we'd have to replace that whole section of roof. Well, mine isn't as exciting as your guys' <laughs> highs and lows. But I am very excited because today I did some thrifting at the consignment store. I can start with the low, which was that I took Bennett with me. It was close to lunchtime, which I should have known better. But I brought snacks too. And I thought that that would be enough to get us through. They didn't have any toys or anything for him to really play with there. Like usually when you go to Salvation Army, there's all those toys piled up in the back so I can let him play while I shop. They didn't have any toys at this consignment shop, but they did have these handmade wooden toy. Well, they look like toys, but they're handmade wooden trucks and tractors and like a dump truck. I guess in retrospect, they do cost quite a bit of money for each individual one but I didn't see too much harm in letting Bennett just drive them around in the corner a little bit while I was shopping especially because I was by this point I was almost done and he'd been so good the whole time 
So I just let him drive these little trucks and tractor around in the corner while I was trying to check out. And I had to wait in line for a while. And while I was waiting in line, one of the employees there went back there and took them all away from him and put them all back up on the shelf. (laughs) And he just like curled up in a ball on the floor and was howling and crying and just melted in a big puddle of tears. Uh, That was the low point (laughs) of the thrift adventure. The high for me was that I found something that has been on my list for a long time, which is one of those accordion peg hanging things. What are they actually called? Are they called pot racks? You know, I don't know. I'm going to look it up. It's funny because I didn't know you wanted one. I gave one to Brie. Do you remember like a couple years ago, I gave her one? Yeah, I do remember. (laughs) It's in my son's room. Yeah, I remember seeing it. I don't think I wanted it when you gave it to Brie. But when I saw how Brie had it styled in her son's room, then I wanted one after that. Mm -hmm. So I've been looking on Facebook Marketplace forever and thrift stores forever trying to find one. And I'm really excited about the one I got because... Did you never look at Amazon? Because they have tons of them. No, I wanted to find like a actual one. I didn't know they had them on Amazon though. On Amazon, they're just called accordion wall hanger. It's also called accordion peg rack. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. So that's what I got. I love it because it's unfinished wood. So Mm -hmm. it's a lighter color. And I just think it's really cute. I'm not 100% sure what I'm going to do with it yet. I might put it in a boy's room. We're talking about styles today. What kind of style do you think that fits in with? I think you could make it rustic or traditional. Farmhouse. Or farmhouse. Yeah. Do you think it has any bohemian flair in it or not really? I think you could. Yeah. I think... If you hung hanging plants from some of the pegs, you could totally make it boho. It's funny because I bought it and I used it in my entry room for a long time. And then I felt like I was getting away from the style of whatever it was. And I was like, oh, you know, Bree's a little bit more farmhouse. So I gave it to her. But then when she put it up, I was like, oh, man, she styled it so good. Now I want it back. What I was noticing in the research I did for this episode about design styles is that there's so many items that can cross over depending on their surroundings and the context and how you have it styled and how you're using it. It can Mm -hmm. totally change the whole style. I guess that's a pretty good segue into our discussion. So I was going to mention, we've talked before about how to find inspiration for your home. And we kind of got a little bit into design styles in that episode, like using Pinterest and things like that. That was all in episode three, how to design your room like a pro. I'm hoping today our discussion will focus more on a few design styles and qualities that go into it. So if you are someone listening who isn't sure the terminology or what you would call your style, I'm hoping this episode will give you some clarity on that because there is some benefit to being able to say your style is rustic or I like mid-century modern. One of which is that it makes it a lot easier to shop (laughs) 
if yeah. you know what the stuff you like has an actual name for it, it's a lot easier to find things. And I think it just helps you to make your house look a little bit more cohesive too, you know? It makes your space look intentional. Like you yeah. know what you're doing. Exactly. <laughs> you also don't want it too matchy-matchy too. So it's good to like have a little bit of both. True. When you know what styles you like and what your style is then you know how to hone in and mix and match two contrasting styles maybe throw in a touch of a third style instead of just having bits and pieces of everything all thrown in together so you can create a look that is uniquely your own and looks really intentional yeah that's good i did some research (laughs) i went to the library And I already had this book. I based a lot of this off of the book. Kimmy's holding it up too. We both have it. It's (laughs) Emily Henderson's styled book. There's a super helpful overview in this book of some design styles. I've kind of, in looking at it, I thought there were several that you could blend together or things have somewhat changed since this book came out. So I've done a few editing things on like the notes that I have but I also picked up at the library this book this is cupcakes in cashmere at home did you guys ever read the cupcakes in cashmere blog no I know what it is though I didn't realize until I saw this book at the library and started flipping through it this is literally where I base all of my design stuff on like her taste is all navy blue and pink Wow. Navy blue, pink, brass, white marble. It's like, I used to read her blog back in the day when blogging was really big. And I didn't realize like all of that had like soaked into my subconscious until I was like (laughs) flipping through. (laughs) So I was looking at that book. And then this one at the library also caught my eye. This is the Jungalo book, Decorate Wild by Justina Blakeney. Have you guys read her blog or seen her? Yeah. No, no, I haven't. Okay. It's really fun. She's very bohemian. Very bohemian. She actually wrote a book called The New Bohemians. So Emily Henderson's style is very, as you can tell from the cover, it's mid-century modern. It's bright, poppy colors and prints. It's like vintage and modern. And then Emily's is very traditional, preppy feminine but simple and clean. Justina's book is all bright colors, crazy patterns, hanging plants, texture, totally on the other end of the spectrum. That was really fun. (laughs) Okay well it's funny because I'm reading through and I'm like this is what I used to be but I'm not anymore. Yeah, I know. I thought that too. The first one is Scandinavian. I'd say probably like three years ago this was me completely. (laughs) But now reading through that, I'm like, yeah, I don't think I'm really Scandinavian much anymore. So the first point of Scandinavian is light woods. And if you look in my house, I like to mix my woods a lot, but I really, I actually tend to be more into the warmer woods. Initially, when we were doing like our house, I wanted to do like light wood flooring, but Ryan was against it. So we went with a medium tone. And now I'm glad that we didn't go super light. It's weird. So I don't know. But anyways, let me get on with Scandinavian. So light woods, plastic modern chairs, which I do have, (laughs) clean lines, natural or whitewashed 
floors, bright, warm color accents. So I do have that. Mm-hmm. Wintry comforts like candles and faux fur. And that's the bullet points we have for Scandinavian. So what do you girls think? Do you think I'm Scandinavian? I still think you have definite influence of Scandinavian. Yeah. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah, but I can also definitely tell your style has been influenced by some of the other styles you've really incorporated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your house doesn't look like it's right out of Ikea. Right. You know, which is very Scandinavian. Yeah. What did Ryan say our house is now? It's Scandinavian. It's Ikea meets an Apple store meets an antique store. <laughs> In Norwegian. That's what he said. <laughs> Norwegian? That cracked me up. But yeah, that's Scandinavian. And, you know, it is still, I think Scandinavian was super duper popular probably about three to five years ago. But now I think more the traditionals kind of sneaking in more, you know, so. Mm -hmm. So modern minimalist as a style is a little bit similar to Scandinavian. There can be some crossover because there's a lot of white involved, a lot of white services and neutral masculine color palettes. So like black and white, it can go modern, it can go Scandinavian, but it's also pretty modern to do like color blocking, like abstract art, that kind of a thing, chrome and glass, home decor accessories and furniture modern paneled storage and hidden storage because it's you know that minimalist look you don't want a lot of stuff out invisible so everything's kind of hidden away bare floating shelves minimal sculptures sleek furniture with very simple legs and then oversized artwork to you know fill the space so you're not doing gallery walls or little pieces it's like big statement old kind of abstract artwork yeah I feel like I have some of this in my home like the oversized artwork and the hidden storage abstract art I feel like I have those influences a little bit I wouldn't say I am modern but I would say I have a little bit of this well yeah I think you appreciate the minimalism aspect because you don't like clutter and I think all three of us appreciate that I mean Emily you are the Minimalist, minimalist here but I guess you're more minimalist-ish yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm a cozy minimalist not really a modern minimalist I really don't go for the modern cold aesthetic yeah to me it just is a little too cold and empty you like your textures you like your blankets and your throws mm-hmm. and I I like my pastels lots of colors and that kind well, of stuff If you were going between the Scandinavian and the modern minimalist, maybe you are more Scandinavian in the sense of like the wintry comforts, like the candles and the faux furs and the, don't you have one of those sheepskin things too? Yep. I totally do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on to the next style, which is Zen slash Japandi. Japandi has been more of a term thrown around more recently where modern minimalist meets the East and it's dealing a lot with tonal or monochromatic color palettes, which I can definitely appreciate that because I like a more neutral home. Having diffused light like paper lanterns, solid bedding, rugs and curtains, more natural materials like wood and linen. I love me some linen. 
having contrasting texture, which as we talked about in our making a bed episode, having texture is really key and having simple furniture and also indoor plants, which I also love a good indoor plant. So for this one, I don't like, I really don't think I love, like I love each of these things in its own way. When you look up Japandian Zen and stuff, I just, I'm not really a fan as much. It reminds me, oh man, going back to when I was a teenager, I worked at a flower shop. I was, I actually was the like store decorator of the front of the store. And I remember that we would get in the bamboo shoots and we would put them in like a cylinder, like clear vase. Mm -hmm. And I loved styling with them and putting them around the shop. But like now, like I can never imagine, like, could you guys imagine putting that in your house? Like, I just feel like I appreciate it, but it's definitely not me. Yeah. I feel like there's a time and a place for it and a culture for it. Like maybe if I lived, I don't know. In Japan? Yeah. Well, yeah. Then it like totally makes sense and it would be great. Or even right. in California, I feel like you could go Japandi. Yeah. But more tropical. Yes. It's also not really my thing. I appreciate it in the right context and culture, but it's not necessarily. It's my interesting because I really love, you guys know, I love Leanne Ford and she loves decorating with giant paper lanterns. That's like one of her statements that she does. Like she always has like a really oversized lantern over a dining room table or something. Mm -hmm. I always have found that interesting. I like how she does it, but it's, it's cool how she mixes that with her. Cause she is not Japandi or Zen, mm -hmm. but she throws that in there. And I think it is really cool when you can find different aspects of each one and throw them in to your overall style right like the natural materials aspect like I'm all for some linen and contrasting texture and stuff like that with these styles you don't exactly have to have Japanese flowers on your curtains but you can have the solid bedding and the cozier more wool loopy rugs or something like that like a lot of organic texture is a part of the Japandi style Mm -hmm. So the next one is industrial. I mentioned before that if my house could be all industrial, that is what Ryan would want. <laughs> Again, I think industrial had its moment and I'm sure that it will come back. But you remember when everyone was doing the DIY pipe shelving? Like okay. it was uh -huh. all over the place. They would make a complete desk where it would be like a desk and then shelves behind it that go up. I have to admit that if I scroll back far enough in my Pinterest boards, I probably could find some of that. <laughs> so industrial is a lot of the DIY pipe shelving. It's chalkboard paint that really had its mm -hmm. steel kitchen islands, which I feel like I haven't seen much of those. Subway tile. Interesting. Cause I feel like subway tile kind of goes across many styles, but it yeah, it does. But I think like when you're thinking of an industrial kitchen, a commercial kitchen, you've got stainless steel everywhere and then the white subway tile. So I think that's why it was really a big thing in the industrial style. That makes sense. And then the simple pendants with exposed bulbs. I do have this. I have those. You do too. Yep. Right? Yep. I do like the exposed bulbs from time to time. Exposed beams, which I also am appreciative of, and mm -hmm. some 
floors. I think sometimes cement floors can be cool depending on how, because I love concrete (laughs) and then metal chairs. So lots of like those harsher materials that yeah very cozy at all (laughs) right (laughs) yeah cold yeah like i think of like a warehouse yeah yes new york city masculine which is why men Mm -hmm. like it because it is very masculine so the picture i thought was really interesting the picture in emily's book i'll show you guys but there's like a old wooden schoolhousey kind of chair a big old vintage map oh do you remember the old letters that light up the big metal letters that light up Mm -hmm. and then like this sewing machine base turned into a table it's got some vintagey and i think this picture in particular is more warm and cozy on the side of industrial it's not always like that can go more sleek and cold yeah that side of industrial industrial style is really where farmhouse style Like it started there and then when Chip and Joanna came on the scene, then it morphed into farmhouse. Yeah. And kind of took over. It has its roots in industrial and rustic, which we will get to. Mid-century modern. I'll talk about this one because I do love some mid-century modern. A hallmark of mid-century modern style are the tulip or Eames style chairs. Mm -hmm. I say Eames. That's right, right? I thought it was Ames. I thought it was Ames. Okay. The tulip or Ames style chair. You're probably right though. Yeah, we're probably wrong. (laughs) Who knows? When you see them, you know them. You have like the tulip style dining chairs, right, Kimmy? Yeah, I do. Which Mm -hmm. I guess when before when we were talking about Scandinavian was plastic modern chairs. That's what I was thinking of. But I guess this is they're more mid-century than Scandinavian. Well, there's some overlap, I believe, because a lot of mid-century designers were Scandinavian. So there's a little bit of overlap. But also a hallmark of the mid-century modern is like the warm wood finishes, like rosewood or teak. Then geometric patterns, long streamlined furniture, like the long low sofas, furniture with tapered legs and brass accents a lot of vintage vibes for sure i think we all have part of mid-century in our homes for sure Mm -hmm. yeah we all appreciate the tapered legs not for everything but i think we all really like that and we all have brass accents in our house Mm -hmm. again that warmth bringing that warmth into the home like again getting back to the industrial like that's a lot of chrome and silver and gunmetal and this is very opposite of that very warm and inviting i definitely the brass is in style right now i think everybody is gravitating towards that i was listening to i don't remember which design podcast when it was but it was kind of like it was probably a few months ago and they were talking like do you think brass is gonna go out you know like gold and brass because it's really been popular in the last like five years and it wasn't as much before. And people are saying, no, I think it's here to stay, which made me really happy because I was like, no, I really love it. (laughs) 
No, I mean, if you think about it, it wasn't trendy for a while. Like everybody was doing nickel and chrome finishes for a while. But a lot of like mid-century modern brass stuff, it's been around since the 50s. True. I. It's also like, it's interesting. And I know Emily Henderson talks about this in her book, but you can see how trends with clothing and fashion really affect trends in the home. I don't know if you guys saw this, but I noticed when I was in high school and college, it was all like I would only wear white gold. I wouldn't wear yellow gold. Yep. And Mm -hmm. as I was getting married, I remember yellow gold starting to come around. And that's why I ended up getting I have a white gold uh, wedding ring and engagement ring, but the center diamond is a champagne diamond and it looks gold. So, because I, I wanted to mix the two, because I was like, if gold starts coming in, I need to have some gold here. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, that's all that I wanted to wear. Like after college, I only wanted yellow gold. I didn't want white gold. Very interesting. Yeah. And, and then in the home, you see that reflect where everyone's going from nickel to brass. Yeah. And there's also a difference in between shiny and more matte, like unlacquered brass where it patinas. Oh, love yeah. that. Well, the, the polished brass is starting to really come in. <laughs> oh, I don't I know if I can get on board with that. <laughs> I know. I don't like it either, but... A lot of people are using it more than the unlacquered now. It just reminds me of 90s, of like stuff I grew up with, like that shiny gold and like cherry furniture. Yeah. (laughs) That's too soon. But 90s are huge in style, clothing style now. So it's coming back in the home too. Yeah. And more color. Have you guys noticed that more color is coming back into the scene? Yes, for sure. It's more like how do they call it? They call it saturated colors. So it's not necessarily bright colors, but it's just like a deep muted tone of a color. <laughs> muted. That's the key word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we have our dusty, you know, millennial pink that became so hugely popular. And then with that, I think that like ushered in the terracotta and the teal, navy gold. Yeah green dark green sage green all of that and lavender are really into right now yeah all that 70s stuff is coming back yeah it's interesting speaking of 70s that ties into this next style (laughs) bohemian wave and floral prints man like print on print on print on print (laughs) i've been seeing a lot of this recently have you guys noticed that like a lot more bold prints like wallpapers and rugs with more patterns and you know I wonder, I wonder if that's more 70s though because I see you put them together Emily but mm-hmm. the, the bohemian and the 70s are two separate ones in the style book to me they just seem so similar like the boho vibe is so chill and laid back like the 70s home vibe I feel like the 70s is more the pops of color the more like in your face like what you were talking about like the bold moves like bohemian is more cozier than 70s so lots of texture is part of the 70s and bohemian ish if you want to go more bohemian or more 70s like shag 
the fur rug that we mentioned earlier, felt and macrame. I know macrame has definitely been popular in the past five-ish years, though I think it's starting to go out a little bit more. Having warm woods and the curvy furniture. Oh my goodness. Can you guys say boucle curvy furniture? <laughs> but why is everything covered in boucle? I so do not that, understand. Boucle. Because I always yeah. wondered. Yeah, okay. yeah, I believe it's boucle. Yeah. If people don't know. It's like that nubby material. It kind of looks like a matted sheep. <laughs> right. <laughs> it is super popular. I was some trending thing was saying, though, that it's probably going to be out very quickly. Oh, <laughs> yes. By like in two months, it's going to be out. And then on the thrift store, you're going to see all these boucle covered everything. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the hanging plants are part of that and tribal accents. I know I was into the tribal accents, like the ECAT designs and oh my word, that was me 2012. Yeah. I mean, we all have a shag rug, right? I, actually, I don't anymore because I sold mine at the garage sale. <laughs> my Moroccan trellis rug is in that same vein, but mm-hmm. it's not technically a shag rug man the shag rugs I remember so I'm I've always been a fan of design love fest I don't know if you guys follow her on Instagram but she's very in the 70s realm her name's Brie Emery she was the one I remember the first time I laid eyes on her Instagram account and she had this beautiful shag rug with the diamond pattern and it was tagged that it was from rugs USA so I instantly went on rugs USA and found the same exact one and ordered it (laughs) and that's the one I just sold for ten dollars I have to say my shag rugs have been downgraded to guest room and son's room now so yeah mine's been upgraded to the living room (laughs) but I like yours yours isn't the one that everyone had like that the one I had was the one that everyone had okay here in the pictures this is kind of why I thought the the two should go together because here you've got lots of plants. This is the 70s and this is bohemian. So here you got lots of plants. Over here you got lots of plants. Leather worn in chair, leather worn in poof, bright pattern rug. Okay, so there's two things that are different. The 70s has that poster uh-huh. that I think is very it's kind of more in your face kind of rock and roll a little bit. And then that lamp that's going over, like the floor lamp mm-hmm. that, with the pop of color. That's what, I, like, I think it's a little, 70s is a little bit more rock and roll than Bohemian. Bohemian is more hippie and 70s is more rock and roll. <laughs> like Bohemian's like peace and love and 70s is more like, we're going to destroy the establishment. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's a little bit more edgier. Yeah, I can okay. see that. Kimmy, you want to do the modern glam? Sure, because I really don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a very quick segment. I think if we were to pick the one I hate the most, it's probably this. Oh, really? Maybe 80s. Agreed. When we get into 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Modern glam. Clear acrylic furniture. Not a fan. (laughs) Terrible to keep clean. Yeah, right. Kids just don't don't even think about it. white jewel tones and brass i don't mind brass not a fan of jewel tones statement mirrors is part of the whole modern glam and then luxe fabrics like satin and velvet and fur bright colors and patterns asian details like i don't even know how to say this chinoiserie okay chinoiserie and bamboo bamboo what i was talking about before 
that's interesting so that's in modern glam mm-hmm. so there's got to be some hints of like japandi or zen in the modern glam then kind of except that japandi and zen is very minimalist it's like on the minimalist scale end of the scale and modern glam is maximalist so it's just taking parts of the japandi or zen and then maximizing them yeah <laughs> doing too much of it (laughs) and then the last one we we have down is crystal chandeliers which actually is grand millennial like i think that's actually part of that too that glam of the like have you noticed guys that a lot of at least a lot of instagram home accounts that i'm following they're having these like giant crystal chandeliers Mm -hmm. in their dining room and i'm like i'm not sure if i like it When I think of modern glam, all I think of is mirrored furniture with like crystal knobs and hot pink. Yeah, that's what I think of when I think of modern glam. I think of Legally Blonde. Yeah, (laughs) not necessarily that movie, but that kind of character, like the girl with the little little chihuahua in the purse. High maintenance girl. Yeah, there's elements of it that I really liked before I was more on the minimalist side. Like, I've collected a lot of blue and white china and stuff that has that chinoiserie pattern on it. To me, if I were a single lady living in L.A. or New York City or somewhere like that, I would totally do modern glam. It'd be like pink everything, fur, gold. I can do that. Yeah. (laughs) Very feminine. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. In the picture, there's like a furry chair florals very girly mm-hmm. Not me. <laughs> i don't think that's us <laughs> who wants to talk about the 80s can we just skip over the 80s <laughs> <laughs> totally I was 80s. The 80s we can't skip over the 80s <laughs> you know i thought it was really funny that it was in emily henderson's book because i didn't know it was coming back even back when this book came out like five year five years ago six years i think this book is a lot older than that it probably is the Uh, thing about the 80s is the house that we bought the people renovated it in the 80s so that's what i spent months taking out so it's like i don't want to put that back in well so this is the thing there's like when somebody was actually living in the 80s and designing things back then the regular homeowner probably didn't have necessarily good style and they were just doing builder grade of that era so Mm -hmm. like if you thought 2020s builder grade you wouldn't like that either like boob lights and you know things like that you have to think about like who were the top designers in the 80s and what were they doing you know so maybe you'd like it a little bit more than what you have in your home from just a random person who (laughs) does that make sense yes no that does the thing with the 80s is all I can think of is paneling. But again, like you said, that's the builder grade, but like everybody was putting in paneling and shag carpet, which is coming off the 70s. Yeah. Well, the paneling, the wood, the dark wood paneling, that was totally 70s too. That was really popular in the 70s. Yeah. And like that green shag carpet. Yeah. You see what's in my bedroom? <laughs> green shag carpet. Yeah. <laughs> Working so- on it. Some other elements of the 80s style are glass and brass tables and furniture, particularly the polished brass. So it's shiny and not matte. 
lots of curves, curved furniture with round arms, colorful pop art, mirrored furniture, again, geometric patterns with an art deco bent. I thought that was really interesting. Lots Hmm. of triangles, for sure. That's like a very 80s pattern. And I guess scallops are too. And then a mix of pastels with neon colors. And again, think about the fashion, you know, what people were wearing. They were wearing those shirts with all the triangles and the scallops and the neon colors and you know so it just makes sense that it would transfer over into home too Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if anybody out there listening is using 80s style in their home or feels like this is the one that resonates that with them i have lots of questions (laughs) namely why It's actually the only question. (laughs) But reading the 80s, it's actually similar to modern glam a lot. (laughs) I guess so. It just seems really weird to me. Like the color combinations. I think brown. That's what I think of is brown. Hmm. Really? Yeah. I'm thinking of like all the neon colors. Yeah. Yeah. Show us the picture. Blue curved chair with this rug that's like navy blue with light blue and red and white window pane pattern and then honestly like looking at that it kind of reminds me of like if you guys went on to urban outfitters home right now you would yep a hundred percent oh the curves i guess that is 180s thing i am doing arches i painted that whole arch well i think can be a lot of different styles yeah that's very art deco yeah right but it is also definitely 80s. This 80s lamp is just arches. Yeah. And the 80s is when they were doing all the arch doorways. I think of if somebody's doing 80s now, it's probably like a college student or just fresh out of college. Like, I think it's kind of a generational thing that you would do it. You wouldn't necessarily be a 35-year-old with kids doing it in your home, you know? You probably have to be part of the generation that didn't have to live through removing the 80s from your fixer upper mm-hmm. and you're just in your dorm room and you want to have all these crazy colors or something like that like an apartment in a city that's what i think of all right so i'm going to take rustic because i still think i'm a little bit rustic or at least i want to be maybe that's what it is which i have to like okay before i get into this i need to do a little fessing up here i was realizing Okay, not to always bring up Leanne Ford, but it's just like, she's such a girl crush here and she's very rustic. And I was realizing the other day, yesterday, she posted like a farmhouse table and I realized (laughs) that rustic has a lot of farmhouse elements, but yes, I know, but in a, like in a raw, authentic way. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate that. I was looking at this new kitchen Island that I want. I think I sent you guys a picture of it. And I showed Ryan and he's like, that looks like a farmhouse table. And I was like, does it? Because <laughs> I like it. So there might be some elements of farmhouse that I am coming around to liking. But it has to be rustic, like true, honest, real, not Wayfair. <laughs> not Wayfair, you know, making it to look like rustic farmhouse. Okay, I will move on though. The bullet points for rustic, furniture with an aged patina real aged patina that's what i'm talking about ticking stripe plain or floral fabrics 
cotton or linen i really like linen and i like what's ticking stripe again flower sack blue and white stripe mm-hmm. yeah so you guys know that those um ottomans i sent you but there's a ticking stripe ottoman that studio mcgee does and i love them and i want them mm-hmm. in my house again i think i'm rustic <laughs> i'll keep going sofas with deep seats what kind of sofas did we just buy brie deep set <laughs> wild flowers in an ironstone pitcher i do love that look cast iron or copper accents and then old hardbound books which i also love that's rustic what do you girls think about rustic i like elements of rustic like i can get behind you know the real wood floors and the real antique furniture like i'm all for that like none of this reproduction announcing what room you're in on your walls kind of right. thing sofas with deep seats i was kind of confused by that one why that one would be called rustic because to me that's just comfortable i think it's as opposed to some of the other styles of sofas like a chesterfield sofa or the mid-century modern style where it's not comfortable (laughs) necessarily and like not a really loungy kind of a style more prim and proper Mm mm-hmm I think of rustic as being down to earth, which literally there's a pun intended because it's earthy. You're using those elements from the earth in a raw way. And so a deep seated couch is that down to earth laid back feeling, which is something I'm trying to get more because I know I've been very modern that can feel more not as cozy or down to earth. I love the rustic style. It's cool because it can look almost elegant when you have like antique china, the ironstone pitcher, but yet it is real and down to earth because you have wildflowers in the pitcher or, you know, some of your china might be mismatched. It's that mix of high and low that makes it feel warm and inviting and welcoming, I think. I love that. I love the mix of high and low. I think that's what makes a home approachable is when it's not stuffy and cold. It's inviting and you don't feel like you're going to accidentally spill on something. Nothing is too precious because it's already lived such a life beforehand. Exactly. Well, moving on to the last design (laughs) style that we were going to talk about tonight was traditional. I think we all have an appreciation for traditional. I really think traditional is making a comeback in design style today persian rugs is the first bullet point like i love me a persian rug sign me up (laughs) again that lived in approachable design you're not going to worry about destroying a vintage rug that's already been around for a hundred years wingback chairs tufted headboards this i'm not as much of a fan of I think you mentioned the Chesterfield sofa, which has that pin tucking. Yeah. Well, how would you describe it? Like an buttons in the back? Tuft. I think Tuft. it is a tuft. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So that's part of the traditional style, but also is crystal chandeliers, lots of antiques and classic patterns, alabaster lamps, marble busts, and oil portraits and landscapes and incorporating some unique art and original art into your home yeah this definitely is making a comeback because as you're reading them all I'm like yep I'm seeing these all throughout my Instagram right now and I'm really enjoying most of it there's some things that I'm like hmm I'm not a fan like I don't care for wingback chairs I know you you don't mind them because you had some in your home that you just sold (laughs) 
Yeah, I do. <laughs> I'm trying to sell one. Yeah, I've always loved the wingback chair. I don't know why, but to me, it was just always so romantic. The idea to have a wingback chair in like a library. Well, see, this goes with your fashion sense because it's mm-hmm. academia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a little bit why I'm traditional is back in. But I think too, people like Shay McGee take traditional and blend it with rustic in a way that's really interesting. And that's, you know, also help bring it back in. I feel like Chris Loves Julia is very traditional in yeah. their style. She is way more traditional than like Shay McGee. Because I mm-hmm. think Shay mm-hmm. McGee, not only does she do traditional with rustic, I think she's definitely got some minimalism going still and modern hints of Scandinavian throughout. Chris Loves Julia now is just like straight up traditional. <laughs> and some things I am not a fan of. <laughs> Sometimes to me, it's a little bit too much on the high end, you know, instead of like that mix of high and low, it's very pristine, beautiful spaces where I feel like it's a very expensive look and not one that I would think would be great for kids. It's not relatable. Yeah. I think Chris Loves Julia's middle house is more to our style the way that she decorated and designed her home and stuff do you guys remember that one where she had they redid the kitchen and it was like the black cabinets with the brass hardware and I feel like that is more our style and we're having elements of the traditional now yeah and she's just going like fully embracing it now Mm -hmm. yeah and as an influencer you need to be a little edgy you need to be pushing the envelope we literally just said the same thing at the same time (laughs) Yes, we did. (laughs) We're becoming the all one person. Have you guys noticed though, Joanna Gaines is incorporating a lot of traditional. Yes, I have. Mm -hmm. But she's still got the farm, like she's not letting go of the farmhouse. Maybe that's more what they're calling modern farmhouse now, where they're, they're elevating farmhouse and taking it a little away from the cheesy side. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, these were all the ones in styled by Emily Henderson, but there, I feel like there's so many more we didn't even touch on like cottage core <laughs> and all of these other things. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah I feel like we could talk about this so long, but I think these are the main ones that all kind of stem from would you say they're more the mainstream farmhouse wasn't in the list so where would farmhouse come from well rustic yeah I think it's an extension of rustic some industrial roots in it too it's like a blend because some of the farmhouse I mean in the farmhouse you have a lot of pipe shelving and that kind of a thing there's a strong industrial edge to it, but I think it's really rooted in the rustic and then it just became manufactured. Mm. And if you guys want us to do a more deep dive into one of these styles, let us know. We would love to deep dive into one of these. That would be a really fun episode. Even if it's farmhouse. Even if it's farmhouse. We appreciate all the styles. I might be starting to like it. I don't know. We're just going to call it rustic though. Okay. Yes. (laughs) When you're thinking about which styles you gravitate towards, you probably resonated with more than one in this list, in these descriptions. And kind of like how you've heard the three of us discuss how we're incorporating different bits and pieces of these. 
I think that's really where you make it your own, where you don't go full into one particular one, but you incorporate two maybe contrasting styles and combine elements of both of them. And that's really how you create your own unique personalized style. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because in Emily's book, she has a style wheel and she says the whole like contrasting, like you said, like when I look at the wheel, it's interesting because I'll show you guys. I like traditional and then I see that opposite of it is mid-century modern. I'm really into also rustic, which is next to traditional. So should you not mix rustic with traditional? No, she says there's like one style you like on the wheel, like traditional. You will probably also like elements of the two styles on either side. Oh, okay. That's really cool because that makes sense because it's rustic and Scandinavian are on the two sides. So like those three, your arc, (laughs) your style arc. Well, and that makes sense because that you like modern glam because it's next to bohemian. Yep. And so 70s bohemian and modern glam are all next to each other. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So I guess if I was going to incorporate some contrast... I should go with Zen or Japandi. Lighter woods then. More minimalist and stripped back. Yeah. And so opposite of, you know, if I'm rustic, traditional and Scandinavian, opposite is mid-century modern, which I do love and I try to incorporate. What would you say I am? Because I feel like I'm a mix of so many different things. If I were to pick one, I would say transitional, but transitional isn't on here because transitional is a combination of like traditional and other elements. Well, I was looking at pictures of transitional before this episode, and it does not look like your style. No, so I'm using the wrong terminology. (laughs) Potentially. I thought you were maybe transitional, but it looks more modern than you. Supposed to be contemporary with traditional, and you are not contemporary at all. You and I are very similar, Bree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think you would fall in that rustic traditional yeah i think so too that's what i would say i would say maybe you have a little bit industrial i'm just thinking like your coffee table it's wood and then black metal true yeah i could also see that going rustic though too so industrial is the opposite the contrast of rustic so that's probably why they go together so that could be why sometimes it feels like similarities yeah so when we're talking about mixing styles though i would say there's a limit to how many you can mix in a space before it starts getting weird (laughs) what do you guys think about four or five is that too many that's way too many No, listen, listen. So rustic, okay, let's say my home. Rustic, traditional, and Scandinavian. And then I throw in some mid-century modern. That's four. So three to to four then? I think we're going to confuse the people if we say you can combine five different styles. (laughs) Well, because I feel like I can add a little bit of 70s in here too. I'm trying to get away from it, but I think it still works. I think as you become expert level styling, then you can add in more and make it work. Yeah, you don't want to like say, oh, I like this, oh, I like this, and just throw it on. There has to be somewhat of a basis of a style that you're jumping off from. And then as you get more comfortable with that, then you can add in a little bit of this and a little bit of that to start mixing it in. Just don't shop at one store, get your bedding here, and then get your end tables here and like try to incorporate them together. When you're cooking and you first start, you need to follow the recipe like exact. 
And then the more you do it and the more you get into it, you can start being a little artistic about it. And you could be like, well, I'm going to throw a little bit of extra garlic powder. (laughs) You know, you know what I'm saying? As you are doing design and you do it so much and you're like really understanding it all. What do they say? They say, once you understand the rules, then you can break them, but you can't break them until you understand them. Exactly. It's that whole thing that as we get going, then we can start, well, I'm going to throw in this weird modern glam thing because it just works. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love that. I think that's a perfect description. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to answer a listener question. Okay, so we're back. We have a question sent in from Evian, who is my little sister. (laughs) And she sent me this question via text. But if you listening to this have a question for us and some design issue that you're dealing with, you can always email us at dwellingplacepod at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail, message us on Instagram. You can leave us an audio message or audio voicemail and also email us pictures. Yes. <laughs> do it all. <laughs> so Evian is trying to decide what flooring option to go with for her living room and playroom. This is what she asks. I'm thinking about putting the same flooring as the dining room, which is adjoining to the living room and playroom. The other option is to put the same gray beige carpet that we put in the hallway upstairs down here too. She thinks that the dark wood would look nice with the off-white couch that is coming and she also heard that hardwood flooring is better for allergies but her husband Christian is worried that it will be cold in the winter. You guys have the pictures of the space. I'll walk you through it because I've actually been there in person so I know like how it flows. So the first picture in the folder is actually of the carpet that's upstairs. So that's the hallway carpet. It's a light gray, grayish color. The next picture is when you're looking into the living room straight on with a dark leather couch, a matching dark leather accent chair um, off to the side. And then there's a round coffee table in the middle that is identical to mine with the foam marble top. I was just gonna say it looks like your coffee table. Yep, exactly like it. Then the next picture is from the doorway from the dining room, which has this dark wood vinyl plank flooring looking in sideways to the living room. So you can see like this is the line where the flooring would adjoin. And she's got that little square, the sample of carpet right there to see like how it would look up next to the dark wood flooring. Or she's thinking of carrying the wood flooring through. Then the next picture is the playroom. So this room is attached to that living room when you go through those French doors. So it's all kind of one big rectangle, but there's these French doors that block it off in the middle. Whatever flooring she does in that living room needs to carry through the playroom too. Well, I know exactly what I would do. What would you do? Well, I would carry that flooring through the wood looking. Mm-hmm. It would. I would carry it through the living room, through the playroom, through all of it. And when the husband is worried about it being too cold, you need big area rugs. You need a yes. big nine by 12 or eight by 10. However, I can't tell how big that living room is, but you have a big old area rug in there. And then in the playroom, I would do another big old area rug and you can get a washable rug. 
because it's a playroom. Totally. I would suggest the same thing. You want to match your flooring as much as possible. It'll just make it flow better and make it seem cohesive. And I was just going to bring up that rug point, Kimmy. So yeah, that was great. A big rug will make all the difference because then you'll be mostly walking on that, not on the wood floor. So you want to have a rug that's big enough that you have about 12 to 18 inches of wood floor showing all the way around it. From the edge of the rug to the wall, you want about 12 inches, a foot and a half to two feet maybe but you want to keep it 12 to 18 inches. And you want all the front legs of your furniture on the rug too. You don't want a a rug that's too small where you just have one thing on the center of it. You want to make sure that rug is grounded with furniture. Yeah. So I see in the living room pictures, that is an area rug, the white, creamy, Mm -hmm. ivory one. And so that looks like it's probably like a five by seven. So if you really like that rug, I would just upgrade it to probably you'd want like a nine by 12. Again, I don't know the specs of your room, but you could maybe get away with an eight by 10. I do have in my living room, I have actually, I measured it the other day. It's 29 inches from the wall. I think you girls told me, cause I was like, oh, should I get a 10 by 14 for my living room? And you both were like, no, I think the nine by 12 is working. So There is some wiggle room if you can't get as close to the wall, but bigger is always better. Yeah, for sure. And then I would also say too, if you've enjoyed the vinyl plank flooring in your dining room and you haven't worried about it feeling cold there, you're not going to worry about it in the other rooms either. Getting rid of carpet is really good for allergies because carpet just holds in the dust and mold and you just don't know what all has been in there. So, right. But no, that is a really good point because I actually had to go to an allergen specialist (laughs) because I was having a lot of allergies and I found out I was like severely allergic to dust. And the number one thing that he told me was do not have carpet anywhere in your house. It traps it. And even if she gets the new carpet downstairs, it will be new as opposed to the old one, but it's still over time it will collect. Yeah. She's got some big plans for making some changes in these rooms. She told me she's planning to get a corner entertainment center with an electrical fireplace situation for that living room. Um, She already mentioned she's replacing these black couches, the black leather couches with, well, there's one couch and then a chair. So she's getting an off-white couch and then she wants to get some end tables that match the coffee table. So like faux marble on top of gold legs. And then she was thinking instead of that small sunburst mirror over the sofa that she would do a big painting and then wall sconces on either side, kind of like my sofa where I have the two wall mounted sconces because the room really needs some more light in the evenings. And we've talked about lighting before, namely you need like three sources of light One thing I'll note is that you might not want to do matching end tables to the coffee table. Doing something that's complimentary would be better than just having it all matching. Yeah. Sometimes that comes across as just like flat and not interesting. I would consider doing something that is within maybe the same vein, but not the same type. What would you say would be something complimentary? Black metal would work. Yeah. So I'm looking at her her home and I actually feel like it's kind of shouting to me as modern glam. Like you said that you like, Emily, talked about it when we were talking about your coffee table. 
in last week's episode you need a mix of how the legs are so like the coffee table has the brass legs that cross maybe you want like a solid chunk of something Mm -hmm. especially if she's going to be having a lighter couch you're going to need some contrast there right you don't want it all white white and then your full white couch white end tables and then you're going to have your wood floor so you got to be careful with your wood tones i think that's a good suggestion I would say, too, don't do an entertainment center. I think in one of our early episodes, we had like a quiz about making your space feel bigger. One of the things was to not have an entertainment center because they're just like a big, bulky piece of furniture. And then you're really locked in to where you can put the TV. It would look awesome if you could mount a TV on the wall and have a nice dresser under it or some really nice piece of furniture that still has storage for sure but everything can be hidden away in it those like media consoles that are kind of like looking like credenzas Mm -hmm. those are really nice you know you could get one of those that would look totally yeah and the interesting thing with this room and the whole setup so i drew up this diagram here so you can see this is the playroom up here. So when you come in the house, you come in through the front door and then you turn here through these French doors that she wants to paint white. And then this is the playroom. Then there's more French doors here that I think either are already white or she wants to paint them white. And then this is the family room. And then through these doors, you can get to the dining room. So there's doors everywhere and yeah. windows, big like bay windows and just doorways everywhere. So right now they have the TV tucked against this wall because it's pretty much one of the few wall spaces. But what I was thinking, if you're going to be really bold and just try it and make a big change, Evian, if you're willing to go out on a limb and take a risk. So you got your French doors over here. I would put the TV on the big wall and then I would do your couch here with your big rug. So yes, like your back would be towards these French doors, but if you have enough space there, it can be like a hallway. And then this is like your fam, like more casual playroom. So I don't know, maybe you guys have ideas for where she could put the couch, but I know like it's everyone's instinct is to put the couch up against the wall. But I think if you just flip that, you hang the TV on the wall, you have a nice dresser or console like big piece of furniture here and then you have your couch facing the tv and then from this room you could also like look in and see the tv so you walk through that then you go in the french doors and right as soon you're saying as soon as you walk out of those french doors the the couch would be right in front of you the back of the couch yeah right See, Which is actually what, what I was thinking, Emily, is bringing that furniture into the room and not having everything smushed against the walls to float it more. Mm-hmm. And then I just feel like then you have plenty of room to, you can mount your TV on the wall. You don't have to worry about filling this space with a big artwork or something. You can have the TV here and then you have, you don't have your corners all like everything crammed up into those now, corners. I like the idea. I think if you put a console table behind the couch so it's not like you're walking in and you just see the back of a couch Uh if you put a console table there with some like books and a bowl and a vase of flowers you know or a plant do you like how I'm drawing this while you're describing it yeah (laughs) (laughs) I think that would be a little more inviting looking you could also do a sectional that's true she has the 
the space for it. She could do totally. a Chez or Chase. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think she's got some good options. Yeah, I'll try to draw up like a a more official rendering <laughs> that we can put in the show notes. And then Evian, you got to show us when you if you do it or whatever you do, you got to send us some pictures. Yeah, absolutely. Good luck. Now we're going to go into our pillow talk and share some things we've been loving lately. So Emily, do you want to kick us off? Sure. My pillow talk, something I've been loving lately is Nick Lewis's channel on YouTube. So I think all three of us are fans. Yep. So good. (laughs) It really is. I think his channel is where I first even heard of Japan D. I feel like he does such a good job of explaining style and design in a really approachable, realistic way that just is practical and makes sense. And he has a really great sense of humor. He can be really funny and snarky with some of the things, but also like he tries, you know, not to be too rude. Like, did you guys watch the video with him talking about TikTok trends, the spray foam trend? Yeah. Yeah, Where he's like trying not to be like too (laughs) rude about it, but it's like terrible. Yeah. Anyway, his videos really crack me up. They're really fun and entertaining. And I feel like just really great information and great tips. You can learn a lot and also be really entertained. Well, my pillow talk for this week is a tissue box cover. This ain't a little crocheted dolly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. This is not your grandma's tissue box cover. Or the church ladies. No. It is a cream pebbled faux leather tissue box that is actually a knockoff of the gather one which I originally wanted but they sold out so quickly so I went on the hunt for a knockoff and I found one on Amazon and it's like $12 $15 in that range and my one thing though you can't get a squat tissue box with it because it's made for like a substantial box of tissues (laughs) Yeah, I really like it so far. I just need to get the correct fitting box, but it just came today and it's really cute. So I will add a link to the description if you guys are wanting to check it out. Okay. So you told me about this and I went on Amazon and found it and I noticed that it's for like the higher tissue box size, which Mm -hmm. I always buy my tissue boxes from Aldi because they actually have like a faux marble one and then they have like green leaves, but they're shorter. So I was thinking about how you could make this work because I was like, I bet Bree's going to say that it doesn't extend all the way up to the opening. So what if you just put like, I don't know, the first thing that popped in my head was a brick, but like something (laughs) underneath, like you put the tissue box on top of it. A riser for your tissue box. A riser. Well, well, here's the thing. They actually have another piece of material sewn in underneath with some Velcro. So like when you pick it up, the bottom of the box just doesn't fall out. Okay. So in theory, like I could cut it and then reattach that strap for the tissue box. You'd but cut the bottom of the leather? You could do that. Because oh, it's, to like it's almost it like a raw edge to make it shorter. But you don't think it would look weird? Like it would look cut? I don't know. It'd be a risk you'd have to take. Now, they also make square tissue box covers, which I'm contemplating it getting instead of the long ones because I feel like it would fit in my living room better. Yeah. To be determined. I go through so many tissues, I never buy the square boxes. (laughs) 
Or just stack two tissue boxes together. And then when the top one runs out, you flip them. All right. Well, report back. I'm very interested because I have tissues in every single room. I'm not kidding. I literally have them in every single room. I design around having tissue boxes. So I really am interested in knowing this because I definitely want to hide some of them. I'll let you know. Awesome. Timmy, what's your pillow talk? My pillow talk, which Emily won't agree with. (laughs) So, okay. So my pillow talk is my ceiling fan in my bedroom. And when you girls talk about, both of you know what it looks like. When you think of styles, what would you say style-wise it is? First thing that popped in my head was glam, to be honest, because it's gold and it's got the bulb. I think of it as a mix of traditional with mid-century. I was going to say- I would say more mid-century than traditional. I was going to say mid-century because of the bulb. So I'll describe it. It's three fan blades. There's a big bulb in the center. That's the light. And then it's this like brass looking, like the base of it. I don't know if you'd call it the base, but the thing that holds the fan blades is brass and it goes up into the ceiling. (laughs) The thing with ceiling fans is it's very hard to find a lot of good ones. (laughs) that are so hard yeah it's very hard I mean there are some very basic minimalist ones but if you want to have any character to them they're butt ugly like (laughs) they're just not good so when I found this one I just fell in love I actually found it through like an Instagram follow I don't even remember who now but it's Hunter which is a really good reputable brand for fans However, the reason I mentioned that Emily would disagree with me potentially is because we both bought a refurbished one from Amazon and she must have gotten a dud mm-hmm. <laughs> because it just not, it did not work. Fortunately for me, <laughs> I have no problems with it. So maybe what I would say though, just to make sure you don't get a dud, if you want this type of fan, get not a refurbished one, maybe, maybe get brand new which actually they don't have any refurbished ones anymore on Amazon I was looking they only have new ones so I don't know how much you spent for yours Emily but mine was around 175 I think that's what ours was too yeah and brand new they're only like 200 so it's not much more for a ceiling fan that's good that's actually really low price-wise so I've just really been loving it. I Every time I come into my room and I look up and see it, it's just like it brings me a little joy. And before we had a really builder grade fan without a light. And so now that I have a light, it's like, man, I just love having this light in my room when I'm getting dressed or, you know, especially now that I don't have natural light coming in with my accent wall of curtains. <laughs> Came with a remote, which I've never had with a fan before. And that's a ton of fun with Jude. He loves coming in and playing on the bed and using like turning the fan on and off. Maybe my fan will break because Jude's constantly playing with But I'm just really loving it. And if you're looking for something that has a mid-century flair to it and something to upgrade like a more modern feel of a ceiling fan, I would definitely check this one out. So I'm going to link it also. It's definitely worth splurging to get a brand new one and not playing fan roulette on the refurbished and seeing if you get a dead one because... Man, it was a huge pain. We hardwired ours in, so we didn't use a remote with it. It had a fancy switch that Brian hardwired into the wall that you could do all the speeds and a dimmer and all of this stuff. There's a problem though with the fan where it would short out when you had it running, the fan running and the light on, it would randomly just turn off and then come back on like a second later and it would do it a lot. 
So, oh man, buy the new one. Don't do what we did. It's worth it. <laughs> All right. So I think that's it, girls. This was a really fun episode. And thanks for hanging out with us today. We want to know what you thought of it and what you want us to talk about next. And let us know if one of these styles you want us to dig deeper into. Find us on Instagram at dwellingplacepod. Please leave us a rating and review and share your thoughts. Visit the show notes for all the pictures and the links to the things we talked about today. And we'll see you next week right here at The Dwelling Place.